Love Talk Radio. Indiana Adoptee Network News host Pam Krofsky has been an advocate for the adoption community for over 25 years, serving as president of both here, Hoosiers for Equal Access to Records, and IAN, Indiana Adoption Network, a nonprofit organization committed to enhancing the lives of those who have been touched by adoption, focusing on education and empowerment. And now your host, Pam Krofsky. Hi guys, welcome to the show tonight. So we're going to be starting a series. Um, we're going to start that next week. So what we're going to do, the tables are getting to me tonight. So we're going to have Anne back tonight, and she's going to interview me. And so you guys get a, a little bit about my story. And so he's in the airport. So you guys are going to hear some background noise a little bit. So hopefully you guys can... Excuse that little bit of noise. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and tell you guys a little bit about um, the conference that's coming up. We're going to talk about this a little bit um, to get that out of the way so that you guys can, um, you know, make sure you guys hear about that. I mean, you guys have heard me talk about that um, on my shows. So if you're interested in the um Make sure you go to IndianaAdopteeNetwork.org and um, you know click on the you know the the link and find out about the conference. Which you guys, if you've looked at it, you know that we have Leslie Pete McKinnon joining us. We have uh, Rhonda Churchill joining us. Those are our keynotes in the mornings on Friday and Saturday. We have. Uh, Stanton, that's going to do his play blank. So there's so much amazing more. stuff to there. So I want you guys to come join us. So make sure you go and take a look at that. So, Ann, I'm going to turn the show over to you and let you interview me. I'm kind of scared. <laughs> All right. What's the, what's, so, the, what's, the worst thing, what's the worst thing that could happen? Right? I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but tr- but tr- but truly, what's scary to you? Oh no, I was kidding. I was totally kidding. Yeah. I wasn't All right. scary. <laughs> All right, then let me ask. Let me ask you something. Is, is there anything that you'll be disappointed if I don't ask you? No, uh, uh-uh. I don't think so. Okay. okay. Then could you start? Because you have asked everybody to tell their adoption story, but I don't know if you've ever gotten a chance to tell yours. So I was wondering if you would tell me your adoption story. Oh, okay. Um, you know, I think I've always, I've always known that I was adopted. Um, I think my mom, she must have told me literally from a young age. I, I think I must have been four or five, which I think that was a smart decision, you know. So I don't know if she was given that advice or that was something that that she just decided to do on her own. And um, so I've always known. And I remember having friends for a sleepover, and I remember telling them, and I remember getting that look that uh, you were not supposed to tell that. And Mm. so then I remember always from that point on being very cautious and not to tell anyone else about it from that point on 
But that kind of made me want to tell it more. Not kind yeah. of defiantly in a way, but not really because I, I maybe I was proud of it. Maybe I don't. I'm not really sure. Or I guess I wanted to find out what did that mean. Why was I not supposed to tell? Um, mm. Was there something wrong with me then, or was that a bad thing then, or what did that mean that I wasn't supposed to be talking about? It? Because that look meant something. Mm. Um, did you ever get that and, look? Did you ever get that? Did you ever get that look for anything else that you did? Mm. Yeah, usually it meant I did, meant I did something wrong. So that's what okay. I'm. Yeah, so that usually mm. that's why I thought, mm, you know, but it was so early on getting that look. So you know that look to mm. you know that you know later years. So you know, yeah, I, I must have done something wrong. And was it from both your mom? Was it from both your mom and your dad, or just your mom? No, just my mom. Yeah, just hmm. my mom. And my mom was mostly the, the the expressive one. My dad was gone a lot. My dad was a lieutenant colonel in the army, and uh, he also worked for the navy. So my dad was, you know, you know, like most dads in those days, you know, gone a lot, and you know, the hmm. mother ran the kids everywhere. And, um, you know, he just wasn't around a lot. And were you the first one they adopted? Yep, yep. And then my brother came along 20, uh, 23 months later from the same agency. Mm-hmm. And um, the agency is still in existence today. They merged with another one. And mm-hmm. actually that, that agency ended up helping us passed the law here in Indiana. So it's kind of ironic um, that they did that. So, but yeah, they're still around. So um, I, my parents adopted my brother who ended up um, dying in a car accident at the age of 18. And um, he really struggled. He, um, he was, you know, ADD, um, he was dyslexic, um, he was an FAS baby, a fetal alcohol syndrome baby. So he really struggled, I mean, just from the get-go. Um, when they brought him home, I, of course, didn't know this, I was a, a toddler, but, you know, they fed him with an eyedropper, you know, I mean, it was just constant. So from the beginning, I was expected to be the good baby, you know, the good toddler, mm-hmm. because much mm-hmm. trouble. So, so much attention was paid to him in the beginning, and then, you know, suddenly from that point on. So I needed to be the good kid. You know, if I was mm-hmm. going to step out of line, they were going to have a lot more trouble, you know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't need two children that were going to cause him that much trouble. So I knew that mm-hmm. I knew that I had to be the good kid right away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you know, um I think I I think I knew that and I tried to be that. I wanted to be that. I think I think a lot of adoptees want to be that regardless if if they have a sibling. They want they want you I think we want our parents to think they made the good choice, right? They adopt they mm-hmm. adopted a, a a wonderful child. That they picked the right one, they paid for the right one, you know. They picked the right produce or whatever. <laughs> Um, so, 
you know, I think, um, you know, and my brother thought I was really smart. <laughs> he didn't know. He didn't mm-hmm. know any better. <laughs> but, um, you know, my brother and I, um, of course, they fought like siblings, of course. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I was his older sister. I took care of him. I took, his, you know, care of his lunch money because if he were the one taking care of the lunch money, he would have spent it before he got to school. Um, but, you know, um, we had a, you know, like a normal childhood, but I always knew that, you know, I wanted to find, and I was determined. So the minute mm. I went to school in Indianapolis, I called the agency right away, and they said, I'm sorry, you have to be 21. And I was only 18 at the time, so I got married, got pregnant, and turned 21, and started looking. And I found within 10 months of looking, and I had two siblings. They were only 9 and 12 when I found them. So, Mm. you know, they were young. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because when I was looking and when I had had my son, he was a redhead. And I remember my adoptive mom saying, you know, there must be red hair in your family. There must be red hair. And as soon as I found my biological mom and she had red hair, that was the last time uh, my mom ever said that. <laughs> but um, it was, well, I mean. Why, it's, why, why, do you, why do you think it was the last time she said that? Um, because now that there was a positive connection, I mean, you know, it was, it was, it was a sure thing that my son came from that line, you know. And so now, now I can prove the heritage, you know. So she didn't want to be reminded of that? Is that what she Oh, no. Yeah. No, no. Mm -mm. No. Why? What was I don't uh, think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the minute, as soon as she walked in the door and my son came around the corner. Now, she didn't cry when she, my birth mom, when she met me. But as soon as my son came around the corner... She took one look at my son, and that was it. I mean, tears just started coming down her face. Really? Why? I mean, the, I think, well, I think, again, I think it was kind of the red hair, kind of the, there was, a, and like, an instant connection, you know? Yeah. So your hair's not red at all, right? Your hair's very, very blonde. Well, and that's yeah. not the real color. That's L'Oreal number nine yeah. or whatever. Yeah. What's the, what, what's the, <clears> it's really dark. Color? really yeah. dark yeah so um but i i definitely i mean i resemble her family to a t i i well mm. and after finding my dad's family i i have a lot of there i'm like a split of both families but i didn't know it till after i found you know that side so but if you're a split of both families, what do you did you pick up anything from the parents that raised you? Um, I think I yeah I think so. I think that my my I hate saying adopt. I hate like you know having but you have to when you have to explain it this way. I think but from you just say parents. Can't, can't we just say parents? Can't parents? I know. Parents I know parents. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then birth parents are the other ones, or, or whatever right. you want to call them. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I think, I think that you know, um, 
I think there was compassion in a certain way that I think there's there's so many positive things that you pick up from from everybody and there and there's negative too. Um mm-hmm. you know yeah, I think that there's this there is this um there's this nurturing thing that the the mother that raised me had. Mm-hmm. Feel mm-hmm. like it's it's been lost since then. It's gone now. I don't feel like it's as much there as it was. I feel like it somehow has. I don't know. It's faded somewhere. She huh, doesn't. Do you know when that started? <clears throat> I think since her new marriage. I don't think it. I don't. I don't see uh, it or feel it now. Yeah. It's gone. What is that? What is the? What is the it thing? Like, what does that nurturing feel like to you? I think it's just caring and and just you know it's not as if I expect her to you know have to you know call every day or you know you don't need that you're an adult now but it's just as yeah. if, it, it's as if to be conscious and present and you know know what things are about and you know you know just know what you're doing and know what you like she can't remember anything anymore about what's going on or, you know, just really just knowing anything. It's, there's just no, there's no day-to-day of anything of, you know, life or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's, she's just really into what's going on with her. And I don't want her to have to necessarily have to be focused on me. It would just be nice mm-hmm. to have that. Just that want to have, I don't know, a conversation and be, I don't know. I I feel like what it's about is what's going on down there with her life that's there. And you know, it's fine. Yeah. You want your parent. You want your parent to, when you when your parents been a widow and they get remarried, you want your parent to be happy, and you want your parent right. to, you know, move on and and that. But. When you're an adoptee, it's very easy to feel this super sensitivity. We already have that. So it's super easy to feel abandoned anyway. So yeah. when that, something like that happens, it's it's just, it's really easy. You don't want to give in to that, and, and that's what happens. And, you know, you try not to, but it's right there. And... You can't say it. You can't explain it because then you sound no. like you're being very petty. So I think we as adoptees try hard not to give in to that, but it's really easy to, you know. Yeah, I think do you we think because it, ha- it happened to me when my for college that um, yeah. I felt I felt abandoned. And so I, I think I kind of closed myself off so that – I wouldn't feel needy to her, but right. I don't think it was a hel- I don't think it was a healthy thing to do. So now I'm trying to open my heart to someone who isn't in my immediate space. And right. it's it's I I don't I think I only know how to need someone as a child. Do you know what I right. mean? Like right. how do you need your mother as a as an adult? I don't know what a healthy distance feels like because right. I'm an adopted chi- I'm an adopted child. Right. I mean, are we? Are you an adult? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because you, what? Is, what does? What does adult mean? 
Well, when do you stop being an adopted child, and when do you become an adopted? <laughs> well, I know what you're saying because I have, you know, I have three boys, and you know, all three have gone off and and gotten married. The last one's getting married and gone to school, and you know, how do you? How how are you to them? You know, how mm-hmm. how do you? What line do you have with them? You know what I mean? Right. I do. You know, I feel like I. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of used to these umbilical cords of energy, which make me have not the healthiest relationships, because I think they're too dependent, and I think that I kept my daughter really close when she was young, and I felt corded to her. And then she left for college, and, and that's why I dropped out of college because I felt that I had stretched the cord between my mom and me too long, and I and I couldn't bear it. And and I'm curious about your relationship with your mom. You know, if, if in her mind it's a perfectly healthy relationship, or, or, or I, I mean, I, I don't even know what a healthy relationship. But what's the healthiest relationship you have? Is it a healthy one? Yeah, or what's the healthiest one you have out, out of all your relationships? Which um, one's the healthiest? Uh, um, honestly, I don't know. I really, yeah. I, honestly, I, I don't. Um, like with your dog? <laughs> yeah, really, right? I Yeah, it's, probably I'm with truly, my dog. I know. I'm serious. <laughs> it, yeah, it, yeah, it probably is. Um you know, I, I don't, I don't think, I don't think I had one. I mean, I, I really, I wanted to have, you know, one with, you know, with my mom, and, you know, we, I thought we even cleared the air because there were quite a few things that were clouding mm-hmm. the air, and you mm-hmm. know, they were, they're really personal things that you know happened as a child and that things and, but. They somehow not get quite that we, you know, the discussion of saying, you know, let's let those things go and we'll mm-hmm. make this start. And um, I, you know, I said, I realized what they were and I realized what that anger was from, you know, towards her because I thought, mm-hmm. I realized, oh, I don't, I don't trust, I don't trust you. And I know why now mm. I'm angry at you because I don't trust mm. you. And it's good mm. because if you can call those things out and you can say, I don't trust you now, okay, so I'm going to try mm. to trust you and we're going to wipe the, sl- the slate clean as best we can and we're going to start over. But the minute someone steps back over that line and and doesn't stay true to that line that you've said we're not going to cross again, then mm-hmm. I'm going to find it really hard then, okay? Because I, so I'm now back at that line. It got crossed again. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I'm 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 not able to really trust again. So I, I'm not really sure what I can do now. You know? Yeah. And when yeah. You, when you feel like you when you feel like you can't trust, where, where do you feel that in your body? You know, right now, if I said, if you said, I trust my mom, and then you said, I don't trust my mom, I mean, I, you know, if one feeling was that you don't trust your mom, and the other feeling was you do trust the, your mom, what's the difference that you feel in your body? 
What, where is it in your body? Uh, in my stomach. Like, it makes my stomach yeah. hurt. Yeah. It yeah. makes me, it makes my stomach really, I was just saying that, I think it was yesterday or today, you know, I was talking to one of my friends. I said, my, my stomach hurts. Like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it really, it makes my stomach hurt. And, you know, I, I, I lose that. I try not to let it bother me, but the minute all of that starts, you know, piling back in, it's, yeah, my stomach hurts. And I just think I'm going to yeah. be sick, you know. Right. Because and when you your can't stomach hurts, you, you want to go it. into the fetal position. Yeah, really, you do. You just want to curl up and... Yeah, and die. <laughs> and Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just think, okay, that's an F. I mean... I can't, I really just, you know, and eventually you, you go, ever, okay, I, I can't take it anymore, you know. Do you ever You're think eventually- that we're just going back, but we're going back to that moment when we were born and, and or sometime being relinquished and we realized that we weren't going to be taken care of the way we needed and we went into that fetal position and that our abdomen because there isn't some kind of protocol for fixing infant and children's abdomens after they're adopted, the upset that happens, that that we return to that over and over again. And it's like this time we're going to, this time we think we're going to die because it was never addressed. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if, and, you know, saying about the fetal position too, you know, I, I wonder like, you know, like when we go through reunion, a lot of times we mm-hmm. want to um, sit like on our our mother's laps, or right. you know all that all that really goes back to that you know being in the some type of fetal position or fetal you know whatever. I mean it's always that you know infant you know beginning again you know right right and we and we truly feel like that. Yeah, I mean, because so, the cool thing I would mean, be that if your if if your mom hurt your feelings like that, and then you went into the fetal position, and if she were finally able to fix it, you wouldn't have to feel that anymore, right? But it's not going to yeah. happen because you're not an infant anymore, and so we'll just keep cycling through this. Right, right. I, I can't figure out. I can't figure out if we're just supposed to do gut work, like watch what we eat so that our gut isn't upset, or or how how are we supposed to not suffer so much how are you supposed to not suffer so much in your gut when your mom disappoints you I I don't know and you know um, when when each time that happens I I retreat back you know Mm. I just don't answer a call from her because I don't know what to say because I can't what do you what do you need say you know what is it that I can't. you really, really want from her at that point? I, I, I want to say, you know, listen, you, you know, you've, you've hurt my feelings, or, yeah. you know, this has happened, but you, you can't have a discussion with her. Uh, what happened? Because I, if my kids were to call me today and say, you know, um, now, mom, you know, you said this and you shouldn't have said, you know, or, or whatever. And I would have said, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't know, or, you know, oh, I'm sorry, or, you know what I mean? We would just have a talk about it. Mm. And we would work it out. 
and mm-hmm. it would be done. Yeah. And it would totally, I'm not saying, you know, that it would be instantly fine, but it would be, it would be solved and worked out, you know. It doesn't work like that with her. And, you know, um, again, you know, is this, is this old school parent, you know what I mean? It's different, it's different generation too, and, but you just can't, you can't do that. And I don't think... I don't think I could do that with my biological mother either, though. You know, I don't, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know that I could. I don't know that I, I just don't think I could either, you know. Mm-hmm. It's it's a different generation, too. I think that has to do with it. I mean, different people. Have but you I think, heard? Go ahead, what? Well, I was just thinking you've listened to so many adoptee stories. And mm-hmm. out of the ones that you've you've heard, did you hear any that you thought, you know what, that's the perfect, I wish that was my story. That's a perfect story. Oh, hmm. Golly. No, I don't think so. I think they all come yeah. with, I think every single one, there is something to, you know, to move a small, small mountain or a, you know, there's something to overcome. I think they're all good in their own way, though. I mean, there's mm-hmm. plenty of things within my reunion. I mean, I have two of the best siblings on on my mom's side. I have a, I have great siblings, <clears throat> a sibling, and great cousins on the other side. Um, mm-hmm. my two maternal siblings, I I couldn't ask for two better ones. I mean, mm-hmm. we are close and. I have two nephews and a niece from, you know, the maternal side. I mean, it, it is it is amazing. I mean, given all the other the other things that have come out of that, I mean, it really is good. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the best. And my is that- my kids, you know, are are good with it, and um, especially you know my oldest son is close in age with my sisters which is kind of weird if you think about it but (laughs) um Mm -hmm. they all get along and we we have game nights when everybody's back and um you know it's it's a it's a really good thing is that your what's your favorite thing about being adopted Hmm. i think i think probably having the added ability of having the added siblings because losing yeah. my brother meant I was you know siblingless mm-hmm. and being able to add back in you know having siblings because I would have you know not had any then so so do you cuz you've put so much energy into this podcast and and in and into your um into all your all your work and it seems like so much of it is about uh, community. Is that important? And you call people your peeps. How do you know when someone's your peep? How do you know when someone's your peep? I think I think everybody is. I mean, anyone that mm-hmm. that wants to connect and you know, I mean, anyone anyone emails me today and needs me. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't care what state they're from. Um, I will look it up, 
find somebody, if I don't already know somebody, mm-hmm. um, I'll help you out. I mean, I get emails from people from all over, from everywhere. Um, you know, CC Moore from DNA Detectives, from the you know the PBS channel, from Doctor you know Gates. Um, mm-hmm. um, you know, Pam Slayton from you know. I mean, who, it doesn't. There's people from everywhere, and luckily, mm-hmm. you, you just happen to know people from all all parts of everywhere, and you you hope you can connect somebody to someone. You know, um, sometimes sometimes not all friendships work out, which is a shame. I hate that. And um, you wish you could repair them, but sometimes they can't be, and you move on. But I've been really fortunate to make a lot of friends and in a, a lot of great places to be able to then connect somebody that, you know, oh, somebody in, you know, South Carolina, I know somebody there, and say, oh, you know, call such and such, or I can, you know, call them and connect mm. another. That's the great thing. Mm. It's keeping this when community. For, when did that start? When did that start for you? How long ago did you start doing that? Um, gosh, in nineteen ninety, nineteen eighty nine, oh. I was two years old. Wow! And I'm well, what was your years first, what, first, what started you in the first place doing that? Um, I did my search, and there was mm. no help, and people wanted money, and I had none. And I thought, ridiculous. Um, I had a, mm-hmm. you know, I had a newborn son, and I thought, I can't, I can't afford this. And what, what are we gonna do? And so at mm-hmm. 21, almost 22, I thought, well, what if I start helping people? And so I started a support group, and it just grew and grew. And you know, I just started what little I could do. I found my brothers. Um, biological mom and um, he, you know he'd already passed away and mm-hmm. um, so did you, know, you have to tell her that, that he died? well I didn't have to tell her the state had to tell her but of course then you know I had made an album of pictures of him <clears throat> so oh, so she got, she got to have that? yeah yeah can, can you tell so, me that story how that yeah, um, so I, you know, I had registered and found, you know, I, and then I, fa- I found my mom, and then I registered him five years after. Any other and um, I had the girl at the registry, and um, she called me and she said, is this your I said, no. This, this, and she said, okay, and so she put everything together, and um, said, well, his mother's registered, and I said, well, that's not, because I registered a couple of years ago, and she wasn't in the registry, and she said, well, that's odd, so I don't know if there was a glitch in it or what, um, but... Um, so anyway, um, she, I said, well, are you going to tell her that he passed away? 
And she said, yes, I'll tell her. And I said, well, then can you give my information to her? Because at the time, there was no, quote, unquote, sibling registry. There is now. Um, And she said, yes, I'll do that for you. And I said, okay, great. And um, so she did. And his mother didn't understand it first. Still alive. And um, so um, she ended up calling me and um, came down to my house. And I had pictures of him for her. I had a whole album. And, um, yeah, so we got to meet, and we've been close ever since. I mean, we talk, you know, all the time. He had um, a brother and a sister, and um, we just lost his sister to uh, pancreatic cancer. So she's now lost two of her three children. Um, Yeah. So, um, yeah, he has a brother still, and his brother calls me um his sister and um so yeah i mean it's it's still a pretty it's a, it's a pretty cool thing it's still pretty magical but um yeah i i mean i consider myself i've got a lot of siblings that you know kind of aren't mine that you know <laughs> um it's it's uh, it's still a cool thing i mean i think she will be at the conference too so Oh, wonderful! Can you tell yeah. me about last year's conference? What what was when you look back on it? What were, what are some of the most memorable moments for you? This is our first one. We didn't have one. This is our first. Oh, this for is some our very reason, I one. thought you had it last year. Uh-uh. No, oh, this is me... our first one. Mm-mm. Yeah, oh, so this is a huge deal for you. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is our first one. There, this what may be you, our only you... one. Uh. <laughs> What do you what do you what do you what are you most hoping to accomplish with this one? Well, I'm hoping mostly one that that you know a ton of Indiana people um, get the chance. Um, I'm going to be um, we're in a magazine that's that's pretty big here um, in Bloomington. It's a really nice magazine, and so they did a, a spread here, and then um, we're going to be in the paper and the radio and stuff. So. I hope Indiana people come and kind of educate because, you know, I've been part of the the national part, which there's a a lot of the national people will be at this conference too, which is totally great. Um, So Indiana people haven't really gotten to experience this. So that's what I'm hoping the local people get a taste of, you know, the education that's been, you know, part of, of my life for the past like eight years, um, so that's really what I'm excited for Indiana people to get to see, and um, they get to meet you know Patty and Leslie yeah. and those guys. So that's going to be the cool part. I mean, they have no idea because when I went to one of these you know the national conferences, I was in tears. I mean, you no. Know, have you gotten to go to any of these conferences at all? No. Honestly, I I didn't think I needed them. I mean, I mm-hmm. was in reunion for 15 years and then went to um, one workshop. It was Ron Nitem's. It was called uh, Romantic Radar. And I walked out 
and I was in complete tears. And I went up to my hotel room and cried. I mean, I don't think anybody gets it. There is a complete and open, like, it's like a rebuilding process. That's what these that's what these conferences are. No one gets it. Mm-hmm. So anybody who's listening, including you, this is what this does. It makes you a new you. It really does. Mm-hmm. I mean, no one believes it, but it really does. I am a completely new me from 2009 to today. Like, I know what what makes a new me. I am a new me as of, of then. What I mean, what specifically? Do you remember what exactly he said that first made you cry? Um, yeah. Was it more well, of a I, I don't know the specific words, but I know yeah. I know what it was, and it happens in it? all the workshops. It's because when you're sitting there, and these workshops, because when you're sitting with these people in this room. And this mass, these these people get you by the mass amount. This isn't just ten people sitting in a room. It isn't it isn't just sitting and talking, you know it isn't just about, you know, you know, writing about it or this is a mass amount of people and it's like just tearing down and building back up in a moment. I mean, you know, it, and it's done over and over and over in a 48-hour period. And I I guarantee you in that 48 hours, when you walk out of there, you are a completely different person. I mean, I, I can't, no one believes it, but it's true. It, it happens. I mean, the transformation I can't even tell you. From 2009, you know, that that person that I was in, in that time frame, you know, to when I left, you know, after that conference, totally different, you know. It's amazing. It, I, I think I amazing. understand that. I, you know, I've just, I mean, I'm here in Denver to meet with some adoptees, um, and then I, I went to Boston a few weeks ago, and I, I had never sat with adoptees before. And and it was one on one, but what I noticed was uh, there was a there was an ease, and I had this you know I am a massage therapist so I am kind of a hippie but I felt like our skin vibrated at the same level, and right. so there there was it was a comfort that I wasn't used to having, yeah. and so yeah. I think I think I'm I think I'm really afraid to go to the conferences. I I think I tell myself just like you did that I don't need it. And I also tell myself I don't really like groups of people, but I think yeah. I'm terrified of of kind of going into that beating heart of my pain, and 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 not just pain but love, right? It, but it, it, yeah, but it's so it, good. It's so good. Yeah, I mean I it is good. No, it I is it so feel, good. Like I, don't, I, I don't imagine it feeling bad. I just imagine it being intense, and I've been avoiding intense, you know, in some I, form or another. I think that. I I think I like, but I think I needed it though because oh, I had sure. avoided it so long that it was almost to the point of it was damaging me because I had avoided it yeah. so long. 
And yeah, it's not healthy. I'm not saying it's a healthy thing to do. Yeah. I, and I, yeah. I know that once I'm there, I'll be very proud of myself, and I'll, it'll be a big growing step. It's, this is the whole process of waking up to how adoption affects you, right? I mean, yeah. at the beginning. Well, you, and the good thing about it is, is that when you do it in this environment, that there is support there versus, mm. you know, you, when you do it in other environments, there's not because, you know, this is where there are, you know, uh, therapists there <clears throat> versus in other environments, there's not because we mm. have 10 or 12 therapists here, you know, not mm. where, where other times you're just with, you know, peeps and not that that's not good. But mm-hmm. you know, in this case, there are therapists. You know, there. You, you mean therapists there to actively help you, or therapists there who are are giving presentations? Well, there's therapists giving presentations, but mm-hmm. but we also that's that is that is why they're they are around though. I mean, especially mm-hmm. Les. I mean, you know, Leslie's I mean, one of the top-rated therapists in the. To me, and I think she's like the, one of the most amazing people. I mean, I, I've called who, who, I've called Leslie and been like, say? "Hey, Leslie McKinnon. Les- she, mm-hmm. you know, she's been on um, Long Lost Family and sat with, mm. you know, the mother daughters that it was one of the last reunions that they just did not click. They did not mm. click, and mm. so." Um, Sometimes it doesn't happen. Sometimes that does not, the relationship, you know, doesn't merge together. But, again, sometimes that, that relationship needs that that assistance. Sometimes, you know, they need help within the reunion, you know. Mm-hmm. But it, it doesn't get that help. Um, I don't know. I... I Anybody who comes to this is going to leave, you know, feeling so much more alive. And I think it is scary, and I totally know what you're saying. But mm-hmm. now that I've gone through it, I can't imagine now if I hadn't because I would not be where I am now. You know, I oh, I absolutely agree. And I, I wouldn't be where I am. I know. Well, just having recognized that it's scary to me, I I, I know I'll go now. I, I just it's one of those things where no, I know you what you mean. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because it is scary. Because I'll, I know why you're saying, and it's funny because now that you're saying it, I realize because mm-hmm. I remember saying to my friend that had me go to the conference. I didn't. I didn't want to go to the workshop by myself, and I had to right. go to it by myself because I didn't know anybody. And mm. she had to go to something else, and I was like, I don't want to go by myself. <laughs> and I did. I went to it. Wow, what a lot of courage you have! And I thought, and I, yeah, I went to my hotel room and cried. And it was, but you know what? You know, I think we are so much stronger than we give you know, ourselves credit for. And, you know, that's the thing. And I, you know, I remember thinking, you know, I think I was just past 40. I was 41 maybe. And I thought, I'm not going to sit here and turn almost 50, and here I am now, almost 50, 
and think mm. what I should have done. What should I have done? Right. And you know what? I didn't wait, and I and I'm so yeah. thankful I didn't because that would that would have been the old me, and yeah. I would have been there doing this. And so, you know, I have to say for the first time, I can say to myself, you know, I'm proud. And, you know, I think for adoptees, it, we're we're scared sometimes, and it's okay to be that way. I mean, but on the other hand, you know, anybody who's interested in coming to this, you know, it doesn't matter that you're from Indiana. You can be from California, from Missouri, from, you know, wherever. It doesn't matter. Utah. I mean, this isn't just for Indiana people. It's for everybody. So, right. um you know, come and, you know, come out here. I know it's getting close, though. The tickets are going to be expensive to come, you know, but you might find last-minute deals and, um, you know, find, you know, some, some uh, maybe some <laughs> Delta Airline deals. I don't know. But it's going to be worth it to come out here. I think people are going to really find some, some, um, some ideas and, you know, some <clears throat> some relief. Well, if, I think people that meet with their peeps. But, but if for some reason they, they can't make it this year, I mean, they can listen to your podcast and they can oh, work yeah. up the courage to, to go to a different. I mean, you're this is hugely inspirational. To, you know, it's. Um, to hear you talk like that, and yeah, and I wanted to tell people too because we're we got about like 15 minutes left too, and um, because you and I are going to do this series, so we're going to kick it off, um, and next week we're going to do connection and perfection, mm-hmm. and I don't know about you, but we were talking a little bit earlier about how you know we try to be. Or I try to be perfect. I mean, I don't want to make a mistake because if I make a mistake, somebody is going to think I can't do everything perfect. And um, do you try to be perfect? Do you try to do everything perfect? Um, well, that in my own way, that's why I didn't write for 30 years, and that's why when I released uh, You Don't Look Adopted, uh, half a year ago, I, I released it with mistakes because, it, in a way, I wanted—I just wanted to face my own fears. And right. I, I thought, if your worst fear is is to release a book that that other people could make fun of, but mostly it would be my mom who would be horrified, then right. then do it. And I did it, and I survived. And what I saw was that it's about my heart. It's it's it is it is nice to have perfect um, pages. And I don't like grammar errors, and I don't like um, I, I don't like errors. Right, right. But, Who, but, nobody, but, but, no one does. No, but, yeah. they're be- but they're beautiful. And I think also what makes it easier is aging. And because I, I mean, my face and my body are becoming one big error. And there's nothing I can do about it. Oh, stop. So I, I better embrace it because otherwise I'm going to go crazy. Do you know what I mean? So I, I better start thinking it's my heart that's really important and my brain that's really important because the I'm just going to gradually fall apart. And I it's so much more fun to make a mess than to have a really nice surface. But I think we all want, we all think we have, 
especially us. I mean, as I always say, when, yeah. when people think well, we wa- I'm being be funny when I say it, but true, I always say regular humans, <laughs> but, you know, we adoptees, you know. No, we're we performers. We try to do that, you know, perfection yeah. thing all the time. Yeah. You know, yeah. and. Yeah. Um, well, it's life or death. It's really. It is. It is. And that yeah. the connection thing is so huge. So everybody who's listening today, tonight, or when you listen to this, if you're going to play it back or if you're going to play it back, um, if you do a little bit of homework and you can listen in next week. Um, so in your relationships and, you know, in your reunion, you know, jot down what you what connection means to you and what you've done to you know, keep up connection and how it's worked and what's what's not worked mm. because certain things, you know, I've tried to make connection work, especially in reunion, and sometimes those things didn't work because, you know, you weren't raised by those people or with those people and they're, like, looking at you like, well, that that's weird or they didn't do those things or you speak differently or you argue differently or whatever and you know it's not the same so you know maybe maybe you can jot down some different ideas and you know kind of just you know keep that as like your homework and so next week when we go over those ideas about connection and perfection you can have those for our show and um you know, we can go. Can we add, can we add um, one more thing to that? Yeah. Because I, recently I haven't been able to sleep, and I so I lie awake a lot, and my head is spinning because I'm reading all about adoption, and I'm writing all about adoption, and, and my brain just won't stop working. And, and what I'm finding is I'm having a really hard time connecting with myself. And I, I think with so much changing so rapidly, my ideas of who I am and what's important to me and how I feel – I'm curious about how you, Pam, connect with yourself and, and how others do. Especially oh, if you're in the yeah. and you feel and you feel split. Yeah. I mean it well it is hard to connect. I mean sometimes I, I kinda of feel lost. I mean, it is yeah. hard to connect with yourself. I mean um sometimes I, do I don't do, what do you do very well. Yeah. I I I do the same thing. I wake up, I I fall asleep very fast sometimes, and then I wake up mm-hmm. and I'm wide awake, and yeah. can't go back to sleep. Yeah, I have, that's what uh, happens to me. Yeah, I have horrible insomnia. Um, yeah, I'm not. Yeah, and I'm I, not a and I feel super. like for some reason my brain, and I know that women, you know, hormones things happen and all sorts of things happen, but it has happened since I've really delved into adoption. And I feel right. like my brain is just on hyperdrive of of going back to how I was as a little kid and not being aware that I was like this, but spinning, wondering where my birth mother was. And that even though I know where she is and even though I know she's dead, there's something in my brain that's unresolved as far as figuring out who I am or I don't even know how to say it. So I'm very interested in what what you have to say about connection because I feel like, at this point, the most important connection I can make is with myself, and um, 
because people are gonna people are gonna leave. I mean, they just do, and I'm tired of people leaving. <laughs> you no, know, whether I, they die or, or yeah. No, I get that because I mean, same with me. I mean, my mom's gone. She's in. I mean, she died in 2012, and it's weird because even though she's been gone for not quite well, almost five years in October, but it's weird because lately that has been um, that's been bothering me more than it did when yeah. she was first gone. So yeah, I don't too. know why it's me more now yeah. than when she was first gone. It's like, not that it didn't bother me then, but it's bothered me even more now, and I, I'm i I'm almost mad about it. Like, Yeah, um, it, it doesn't seem fair, because it seems like, it seems like it, I've been doing the work, and so things should right. be getting better, but I used to have right. an envelope to hold feelings, and now I have a box, and so that wow. means I get to hold more feelings. And, right. Um, like I'm, I'm waiting for the hot fudge Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, you know, I, I think I'm mad too because my mom, I feel like her death was preventable. I mean, she could have had mammograms and mm-hmm. and on top of things. I mean, I don't know that for sure that it was preventable, yeah. but it, I feel the same way. I mean, no? my mom's left us. Yeah. I mean, getting, and, getting sick is just another way of abandoning your kids. Yeah, and, you know, um, you know, I went and had, it's a little TMI, but I I had my mammogram today, so it smacked me in the face today of, mm. you know, here I am doing this today, and, you know, it just, it's so, it took everything I had today. Uh, I I had one at the year after she died, and I haven't had one since because I couldn't make myself go do it because it's just mm. like, you know, and, and it's hard. I mean, any mm. of us losing our, our family members is hard, but once we find our biological family and we lose them, we've already lost them too soon because we didn't get enough time with them anyway. So mm. it's fair. And um, so, you know, anybody who's listening that has lost, you know, a biological family member, you know, after reunion, we've lost them too soon. We didn't get enough time with them anyway, and that's not fair. I mean, it's none of it's fair. No, no death is fair. Um, mm-hmm. But it's definitely not fair when we've had to lose a biological family member you know, too soon into reunion. I mean, I, I no thanks to Indiana Law, you know, found her, you know, at the age of 22. I had her, I didn't have her for 22 years, and I had her for 22 years. Is that weird or what? Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, literally split down the, the middle. Um, so I'm thankful, and I'm glad, and, you know, but... Um, you know, I had to be defiant. I had to go against the brain. You know, I had to go against what my my you know adoptive mom wanted me not. I mean, I don't. She said she wanted me, you know, to or you know she was behind me looking, but I don't think mm-hmm. that was true. But you know, I I had to be determined to find my mom, and by gosh, I did. And you know, thankfully I did. I got 22 years with her. My kids did, and. 
you know, I'm I'm glad I found her. So. So, can I just get back to the mammogram for a minute? Oh, <laughs> sure. Um, why Why don't you go regularly? Oh well, I I did until the until she passed away, but I just think I okay. there was this. Um, I don't know. I I don't know. I think I. Yeah. It reminded me of her, and it just was this. Um, I I would I would think to make the well. Part of it was we were doing we were doing the bill, so for two years. Um. Mm. So 14, 14, 15, 16, we were doing legislation. So that really you know was. Making, uh, yeah, but you're making a whole bunch of excuses right now. So listen, just for your kids. It sake, totally, get well, it was and it was. We really were. We really were fighting. I, know, I get it. But her. Just, yeah. just promise but me you'll get a regular I, mammogram. Just, just put your really hand was, your heart and say, and I'll get a regular yeah. mammogram. It really was. Are you doing that right now? No, it really was partially the bill and the other part of it was every time I went to do it, I thought I can't face going in there. So there were, there were only a few months where we were doing the bill. And the other part was if I go in there and do that, I've got to think about her. So it was only like, was it anger? Was it anger or heartbreak? Heartbreak. Yeah. Yeah, it was only it was only partially the bill, but the other yeah. part was yeah. if I have to make that appointment and go in there, I have to face that that thought. Yeah, you know about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. so yeah, I mean it, it is. There's always some kind of emotional tie to it. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll work on getting yeah. that less for you. But I mean, you know, you, I've I've broken the cycle now, so. You know, so, I'm back so, on it now, and I won't. Big, it won't. It won't take over deal. anymore. Yeah. But okay. again, hey, you know, it really anyone who's anyone who's done legislation like this, yeah, it is such a massive takeover of everything. Like, you know, heck, you can't even go to the dentist. It feels like, <laughs> you no, know, I know, and you did the a, whole thing. But, but listen, it's so I think just, we have uh, a minute left. Is there anything? Yep, that we you do. Want to say? Is there anything you no, want to say? I, well, yeah. I mean, I think, you know, um, I think anyone who's listening, you guys, um, you know, just know that we, anyone who's trying to do reunion stuff, you know, just take little steps. Know that you're going to, you're going to, you're going to step back and you're going to take one step forward and back. Um, thanks for letting me tell my story. Remember, next week, you guys, same time, 7 o'clock Eastern Time, we're going to do Connection and Perfection. And everybody, listen, we've only got four weeks after this for getting registered because we've got to have a head count for box lunches and all that stuff for the Saturday time. So we're getting down to the wire. So if you guys are going to... You guys are going to come. We've got to have head counts. So you got to go to indianaadoptinetwork.org backslash 2017 conference and come join us. You guys are going to love this. And you can always email me at Pam, Network at gmail.com. So thanks for joining me, Ann, and uh, safe trip oh, thank home. You. Thank and, you. Um, okay, guys, we are almost out. So it was a great Great, great interview. So thanks for joining us tonight, guys. And um, 
Blue skies and green lights. Until next time next week, guys. Have a great night. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye.